Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Before we begin, a note from our sponsor. I'm Richard Jacobs, Executive Director of the nonprofit Finding Genius Foundation and host of the Finding Genius Podcast. In late 2016, I was rear-ended at 65 miles an hour by a truck on the highway, which sent me off-road into a ditch. The impact of the collision gave me a concussion and other injuries. At the hospital, a CT scan showed that I had thyroid nodules, which turned out to be cancer. It was then, when I had a biopsy in my neck, that I realized, even if I was a millionaire, I wouldn't want a second or a third biopsy due to the pain and the invasiveness of it. And appointments at that time for thyroid experts were three to six months out. And I was worried about dying now, even if that was irrational. So because of this, I've decided to raise money to conduct a literature review on steroids, on the causes of anxiety and depression, a condition that affects well over 50 million people in the United States and hundreds of millions worldwide. Our goal is to create a codex, a guide that reveals all possible treatments for anxiety and depression for people that live with the condition or for loved ones that have it, as my wife and my son do. To find out more about our fundraiser, visit FindingGeniusFoundation.org and click on Current Initiatives. And now, to our guest. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. A quick note about the foundation. Uh, We've started on our project to create an AI system, AI-powered system that uh, will be a guide or a coach for people suffering from anxiety and depression. And the AI system is going to have, to start with, about 5,000 peer-reviewed articles, book condensations, uh, lecture condensations, et cetera. So it should have a lot of information, and over time, that will increase. Uh, to find out more about the project, go to findinggeniusfoundation.org. And today, my guest is Dr. Janine Krauss. Uh, she's a naturopathic doctor. She's an acupuncturist and host of the Health Fix podcast and creator of the Reset and Recovery program. We're going to talk about uh, traditional Chinese medicine. So, Janine, thanks for coming. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks, Richard. Tell me a bit about your your history and your journey. I usually see that, you know, people in the health field have had their own journey and struggles. So what's your background? So my background is actually atypical. I was a 15-year-old gal just trying to get my learner's permit um, going so I could learn how to drive a little better. And so my mom had cancer at the time. And she was like, well, you know, you can drive me to all my appointments. So I said, all right, deal. Win-win, right? So I actually went into a lot of her acupuncture appointments with her and I was fascinated by how she walked in just dragging and feeling like just crap basically from all the chemo and she walked out like she was on clouds and I'm like, what is, what is this stuff? You know, it's 15, you're kind of like, you know, dabbling between wanting to be a professional snowboarder and, you know, I don't know, a zookeeper or something in, in my head, but never did I think that I would be so fascinated by acupuncture that I would eventually go on to become an acupuncturist, but here I am. And I also was going to her naturopathic doctor visits and thought, you know, gosh, this is pretty cool. There's a lot of tools that these docs have that they can help people with versus just doing the medication thing. So I was like, yeah, this is, this is the career I want to take. So that's what happened. 
so you started out as an acupuncturist. You've been doing just acupuncture for many years or what, um, you know, is your work mostly clinicals or more research? Like what does it look like today? Yeah. So I, I actually became a naturopathic doctor and an acupuncturist at the same time. I, I had a dual program at Bastyr. So I was there for about almost seven years. And I, when I graduated, I started jumping right into practice and I've been a practicing doc since then. So right now I am currently finishing up uh, my practice here in Washington state. We're going to move to Illinois where my dad's at so I can take care of my dad. But my practice has typically been in the office seeing 20, 22 patients a day and working on a variety of things from chronic pain to acute injuries and anxiety and depression as well. So how long have you been doing this and how have people changed, if at all, during the years that you've been practicing? Yeah. So I've been doing this for about 15 years now. And in the time that I've practiced, I guess the biggest thing that's kind of been you know, on everyone's mind is, is the pandemic. And I think what I would have to say is gradually I've been seeing people become more and more stressed. And I've been seeing more and more folks who are struggling with with chronic pain, chronic illness, and chronic digestive systems stuff, it's just kind of compounded over time. How does uh, you know these things start? Do they start with pain or digestion, or you know, is there a progression that you see? You know, typically it varies, but the the standard is usually that someone's had a stressful experience in their life or a series of stressful experiences, and then it either will take on that it hits the digestive system or it'll take on that it hits the the nervous system in some way where, where they're having dizziness, they're having chronic fatigue, and then it turns into the skin hurts, everything hurts, the whole body hurts. That's kind of the pattern that I've seen. And sometimes folks will have both the digestive stuff and the chronic pain together. It just kind of varies. Yeah, terrible. So yeah. What's, uh, what, what is your first approach with somebody? I know it depends on the person, but what's sure. an example of a first approach? You know, First things first, I've got to see what someone's doing in terms of eating, because we do need clean food. We need clean water. So I'm going to look at the basics, making sure someone's getting outside, getting sunlight, making sure that someone's getting good, clean food, looking at the clean water. And then beyond that, I'm probably going to usually recommend acupuncture. And the reason for it is that if I can get someone to come into the office and relax for 45 minutes, that's like a win in and of itself, because most folks do struggle to get themselves into parasympathetic chill mode at any given state in life. And so being able to get folks in, I can help to get better outcomes over time. If we've got some type of therapy that's working on calming the nervous system, it doesn't always have to be acupuncture, but because I'm an acupuncturist, I'm always going to recommend it. Yeah, I go see an acupuncturist and my foot was hurting and you know, there was like water and, you know, my ankle and all this stuff. And the podiatrist just wanted to, you know, go in there and hack away as usual. So instead I went to, a, you know, an acupuncturist and you know, I had about nine or 10 treatments in the ankle and foot and surrounding, but now I can walk in and it feels fine. So I, I can see the power of it. it's, you know, pretty strong. It's amazing over time. But um, what, what's the process like for people that haven't gotten acupuncture? How would you describe it to them? Yeah. So Acupuncture is quite simple. And really what it's doing is we're tapping into your body's ability to move blood flow. 
So by putting a needle in, it's kind of like the body's like, ah, what's that? And it's got to pay attention to that area. So it's going to bring some proteins. It's going to bring some signaling molecules and we'll end up with new nutrients in there. We're going to end up with increased blood flow, which always is going to bring oxygenation, things of that nature. And then it's going to flush it out because we're going to put the needles in a certain sequence in a row to help to create a circuit of sorts because the needles themselves are charged. Um, They're stainless steel and we have red blood cells and so they have a charge themselves. And then you have, of course, in your body, everyone has ions. And so what's going to happen is that we're going to create a little bit of an ionic flow in the body where we've put the sequence of needles. So once the blood flow starts, now we're going to be just moving out anything that's been sticking into that area of pain or area of swelling, as in in your case. And we're going to start to move the circulation away from the immediate area of trouble. So while someone's sitting in an acupuncture visit, they might be feeling like an ants crawling sensation. They might not feel anything at all, or they might feel like kind of an ache as if they kind of bumped themselves on the corner of a wall accidentally. But it shouldn't be anything that's over overwhelmingly painful. That is not our goal. I know when I say needles, people are like, ah, it's going to hurt. Well, you know, you might feel the needle go in, but technically the idea is that I want you to be on the table relaxed as possible and almost forget that the needles are in so that your mind's kind of wandering, not focusing on anything. Maybe you have thoughts coming back and forth, but really you're giving yourself and your body the time to, to heal it itself by having the needles in there. I'm not putting any, any energy into those needles. Literally your body is doing everything it needs to do. It's just getting a little reminder. So I like to think about acupuncture as a reminder for the body to move the circulation in a given area that has trouble. Yeah. I've, I've, again, I've been many times, I'm always nervous when I go, but the needles like, you know, they go in now, maybe only one or two of them will hurt. And for like, you know, a second or two, and then you lay there with them in and you relax and yeah, you don't really feel them very much after, you know, sometimes at all or after a minute and you kind of like drift off and go into this like half sleep mode I've noticed. And then the acupuncturist comes in, takes the needles out and you know, you're like, Ugh, really like relaxed and tired. And then off you go. That's been my experience. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit findinggeniuspodcast.com and click on support us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Yes, I like to call that the accu-stoned feeling. When we get all the endorphins released in the body from putting the needles in, that is kind of the the feeling. You feel kind of just light, flowy, kind of sometimes sleepy. I think a lot of people get pretty sleepy. Do you take naps after your acupuncture visits? No, I can't, but I'm I'm used to it, but at least I feel like more relaxed and um you know when we work on a new area it may hurt more the first time but then subsequent times it's less and less and then it's no big deal and it it helps more and more which is cool 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. I don't want anybody being afraid of needles after they leave my office or dreading their next visit. I want it to be, you know, the most chill you've ever thought you imagined you'd be with a bunch of needles in you. That's kind of my goal for everyone. Yeah. And as you mentioned, sometimes when they put the needles in, it'll itch, you know, so then I know that the blood flow is getting there and sometimes it'll be achy, but that's usually only like, you know, let's say the first time if something's really hurting, it may be achy, but the next day it feels a lot better. Yes, that that is pretty typical for for what I've seen as well in my practice. The itchy is we when you put the needles in, sometimes we'll get a little histamine release, which is a good thing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's itchy, it's bad. No, no, a little histamine's okay because that's your body's signal that it needs to move some blood flow in the area. So, what what kind of conditions have you used it for, and what have you noticed that acupuncture is really good to improve or help? My favorite, honestly, because I can see immediate change with it is, is anxiety. It can calm folks down like no other. And I love that about it. That's my favorite. The other's pain because I can increase range of motion with a muscle or not a muscle with a tendon or, or joint. I can increase range of motion of a joint by using specific needles into muscles or alongside of tendons or ligaments. It's, it's quite impressive with that. That is like immediate change there. Things like the digestive system, things like uplifting the mood. Sometimes that takes a little while, but in the moment, I love folks coming in, they're stressed. I mean, I don't want them to be stressed out, of course, but folks coming in stressed out and then leaving, like there's not a care in the world. They're just kind of floating out. That's like, makes it all worth it for me. How do you think acupuncture helps people? Like what are the physical mechanisms that you've been taught and how it works? Yeah. So first and foremost, it's increasing circulation because a lot of our struggle that we have is with being stressed out just from life, from internal, external stressors. We don't circulate our blood flow and get nutrients to areas like we should. That's why it's common for us to have swelling. It's common for us to have areas of of pain that just linger and linger. The other aspect of acupuncture is that it is tapping into your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. So otherwise known as the big umbrella of the autonomic nervous system. And it really does have the ability to help you to get out of fight or flight mode. So we're creating a sequence in which the nerves are are stimulated with the needles. Now we're not touching the nerves. We don't want to do that. That doesn't feel good. But we are subsequently stimulating the body to go into parasympathetic mode, which can help the body to relax. Now, the other big cool part about it is that we're also working on giving the body sensory back because we have pain or we perceive pain. We also perceive stress, things of that nature when the body cannot feel where a joint is in, 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 or can't feel where a foot is in space. So oftentimes when we have pain, it's a, it's really a signal back up to the brain that something's out of either alignment, something's not tracking right, or the tissue in that immediate area is not getting enough blood flow. So we're not getting the signals back to the brain properly. So acupuncture can help with connection from the body to brain signaling. And I think this is how it typically is working to help with chronic pain and helping folks to be able to walk properly again, working with, you know, sprained, chronic sprained ankles or foot injuries or Achilles injuries, things of that nature that can really reverberate up the body and cause a lot of trouble and chronic stress for us. So I believe that acupuncture works on that level as well. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. 
how many treatments do people need? I know it depends on the condition and themselves, and but on average, like, you know, do people come in multiple times or just once or what's a good protocol to help somebody? Sure. Definitely. We do need multiple. If someone just hurt themselves, like say they just rolled their ankle and it's not a chronic ankle injury, sometimes only two to four treatments and we're good to go with something cute. But if something's chronic, it's going to be more like 10 to 12 treatments because it takes that time to wake up the body and help the body to reestablish balance between its communication from the periphery to the brain again. So yeah, typically 10 to 12 for anything that's chronic. Well, I don't, I don't worry about them. I enjoy them because each time I go, I know I'm going to feel better and better and better. So I love to go. I don't, I don't <laughs> resist it. I, I guess I don't understand people that they resist going because I always feel better. Yeah, we want, I mean, ultimately that's kind of what I want people to feel as well, to look forward to coming to a treatment. And of course, after we get certain conditions resolved, I recommend acupuncture once a month to once to every, every six to eight weeks or so, if you can't get in once a month, just to help your body realign itself. I, I think it has amazing capabilities for just resetting your nervous system and in particular resetting your ability to manage stress, but resetting your ability to connect your body to your brain and, and the sensory inputs that happen throughout the day that can or, or don't happen properly throughout the day that can really mess with how we perceive pain and, and stressors into the body. So helping our body feel more safe and more more calm and comfortable. I think acupuncture is incredible for that. And we do need to have a little bit of a maintenance kind of thing on that end. So what do you do if someone says, well, nothing's really hurting that bad. Just do something general on me. Like, do you do that? And what do you do? Absolutely. I love those type of folks. I love folks who are coming in and they're just like, Hey doc, rearrange my chi, just balance my chi. That's perfect. I, every patient who comes in, I'm going to look at their pulses and I'm going to see what's going on with the upper middle and lower half of their body by looking at their pulses on their wrist. So this is a radial pulse. It's where the thumb side of the wrist is there. And I'm going to look at tongues as well to see what's out of balance because every single time that someone comes into me, they're, they're a different person. Every single day, we're different people. We change, we're dynamic creatures. So even if someone comes in, it's like, Hey, I've got, you've gotten rid of my pain, but I just want to come in and chill. I'm like, great. Let's see what might be showing out of balance in the body today. And let's treat you for what we've got going on today. And, and that is my favorite way to go about it. Maintenance and, and maintaining the nervous system is excellent. Have you seen any unusual or amazing reactions from people? Yeah. You know, over, over time, there's been certain things that are, are incredible. I think ones that stand out in my mind are folks who come in and they're incredibly terrified of the needles and, you know, super anxious. And we do a couple needles. A lot of times I'll combine the needles with something called acutonics, which are tuning forks that vibrate to the note of C or to the note of F that also enhance the, the results. And I'll put them next to the needles and, and work on the tuning forks too. I've seen folks come in from full on panic attack to being completely laughing and chill by the time they've walked out. I've seen that happen. Oh, wow. It's, it's nice. I, I love that. I've also seen a lot of folks who have had things like frozen shoulder and, you know, after about six or so sessions, we've got the shoulder moving again. And before they couldn't reach up over their head, I've had folks who have come in and they were having foot pain and the foot bones seem to be locked up. We needled, we did a little bit of myofascial work and now the foot's moving again, the toes moving again things of that nature. And I mean, that sometimes will happen in one to two sessions. 
So I, I just love it. There's so many different things. I mean, myself, one of the things with myself and going, yes, absolutely. This is, this is the right pathway for me is I have a Morton's neuroma in both of my feet. So, so it's a tumor. It's a, it's a, it's like a ganglion cyst type of thing where your nerve has been sliding in between your two bones because my feet are, are quite small and it creates an enlarged nerve and that nerve causes chronic pain. I can feel pain starting. I put the needles in and in one session for me, it's gone now because this is like my maintenance. I feel it come back. I put the needles in, boom, it goes away and wow. off I go. So yeah, it's a, it's, it has that capacity. It's quite cool. What, what are you seeing people are coming in for? And has that been changing, you know, let's say the past 18 months? Yeah, with the, with the onset of COVID, a lot of folks are coming in now, anxiety, depression, stress relief. Those are typical. Migraines are another biggie, headaches, things of that nature, chronic shoulder, upper back tension. I would say that's kind of my biggest ones I've been seeing. Um, digestive disorders of more like gas bloating and and things of that nature have been really on the rise in my office, I would say for sure in the last 18 months. And then, you know, you've been doing this, like, I think you said 15 years. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that people have changed in general or, you know, it's just people and their ailments and nothing, you know, it's been the same all this time. You know, I think it's just heightened now. I, I think that we've, since I started, there was definitely a lot of low level anxiety, depression, and, and gut stuff. But I think now I'm starting to see more severe manifestations of things where the anxiety is now turning into panic attacks and a lot more. So I've seen a lot of patients over the years. I've been, I've been in my current place where I'm at for seven years and, and kind of seen the progression of a lot of folks go from having low level anxiety to full on panic attacks over time. And that I think is a reflection of where a, a lot of us are really overwhelmed and not taking care of our neurological systems, not working on the vagus nerve, not working on the fight or flight response. And so now we're starting to see our nerves become overstimulated, overinflamed, and we're getting chronic issues that kind of now have, have heightened exacerbations. So yes, I would definitely say that I've been seeing more and more anxiety, more and more panic attacks, more and more severe depression, things of that nature. What do you do for, you know, this mental trauma? Like, you know, I, I don't know if you can say exactly where the needles go, but what are the needles accomplishing and why? And why are they able to help with, you know, anxiety and, and panic and stuff like that? Sure. So the needles are going, I'm, I'm going to say in terms of a channel, we have a heart channel, we have a pericardium channel, we have a lung channel. So these channels go with the specific organs. And in the Chinese world, the heart is associated with anxiety but what's also associated with anxiety in the Chinese world is the liver. And the liver is in charge of our blood flow in the body. It's in charge of how we manage the stress inputs. And if the stress inputs are too overwhelming, then the liver is, be going, is going to become stuck, as, as we call it in transmission. And then the liver is going to overflow and affect the heart and create things like anxiety and insomnia. And by the way, insomnia is another biggie that I've been seeing a lot more of lately in addition to hormone imbalances. So with the heart and and how it plays out you would imagine you know heart palpitations also your heart so we're going to work on the heart channel which is in the arm the heart channel has a pair channel that's in the legs called the kidney channel and so oftentimes i will be working the combination between the heart and the kidney because they balance each other out 
Another way to look at it in the Chinese world that might make sense for folks who are listening too is that the heart, the organ itself has an, an element that goes with it and it's fire. And the kidneys, those organs have an element called water that goes with it. And obviously we all know that water puts out fires. And so the stronger our kidneys are in terms of kidney energy, I'm not talking about filtration and things of that nature, the stronger that that energy is, the more that we can put out our fires and the kidneys in the Chinese world have to do with our batteries, they have to do with our adrenal glands that sit on top of them. So what I'm doing in, in anxiety treatments in particular and stress management treatments is I'm trying to connect the body to have stronger kidney chi and reduce that heart fire and then help the liver to kind of process emotions. And, and ultimately it is helping with liver blood flow, but also helping with detoxing of the liver too. And I think one of the biggest issues that's going on right now because of all of the different restrictions with the pandemic and whatnot, a lot of people gained, you know, the COVID 2040 30, you know, plus pounds, but we're looking at, you know, hanging out in the house and, and eating a lot of junk food and drinking more alcohol and things of that nature. So the more the liver has toxicities in it and the more it's becoming beat up, the more we're going to see anxiety. And so the more I can work acupuncture wise on the heart, the liver and the kidney, the better off we'll be for helping with anxiety and stress as a whole. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Are there any new uh, additions? Like, do you do moxa, moxibustion? Do you do like electric currents or heat lamps or, you know, are there any extra thing you do on the acupuncture? Absolutely. Absolutely. Moxa is not one of my favorite things. For some reason, my body does not like moxa. I, I get pretty wheezy and, and swollen, puffy eyes with it. So I don't do a lot of it. But what I do do a lot of is cupping. I love cupping. I think it is amazing for helping to relax tense muscles, but also I feel like for a lot of people, it just kind of helps ground them as well. So that suction, there's something about that motion in particular. And for those of you who are listening, they're like, oh, I don't, I've never really tried cupping. I've maybe seen the marks on somebody and it looks kind of torturous. It's really the suction is going to pull up the blood flow from the muscle into the skin and the surrounding tissue underneath that cup. And it can be great for helping with increasing range of motion and helping with increasing blood flow to the surface skin area, especially great for pain, chronic back, neck, shoulder tension, hip tension, things of that nature. So I love using cupping. I love using tuning forks. These are little forks that you've probably all seen before where your doctor checks that he hits it on his hand. And then he says, do you hear this? Do you hear this? The tuning forks can be placed to the body where there are acupuncture points. And so we can use tuning forks instead of needles. So we can do a whole acupuncture session without any needles using tuning forks. So I love using them as well. I do love gua sha, which is a scraping technique. Should someone have something where it's a tendon ligament thing, we need to help to create more circulation. Or if someone has a cold, we can use it on their upper shoulders and help or lungs and help to release some of the toxins, meaning we're ultimately working on increasing circulation to the posterior lung by doing the gua sha in that area. And then my other favorite is something called body tempering. This is something that's not typically used by acupuncturists. It's used by power lifters, but it's a weighted device that I use to put onto knots in the muscles or motor points. So this is where the nerve comes into the muscle and I can compress that weight into that area and we're going to push blood flow out. And then we're going to take that weighted 
device off after three to five minutes and allow for blood flow to come back in. And so it's a nice little, I call it radiator flush of the muscles. Should we need to get rid of lactic acid or something of that nature? Or do we, if we need to reset the nerve, because all of our muscles and our, our skin have different nervous system receptors. And by using something weighted, it's creating a different message back to the brain. And for a lot of us, when we have chronic pain or chronic injuries, pressure often feels good. When it's acute, pressure doesn't feel so good, but for a chronic stuff, it feels good. And so by putting weight on a body at a, a lower level, not some of the, you know, 100 pound plus ones that we have, I use a six pound weight up to a 44 and 50 pound weight. Sometimes the body feels more supported having that because it changes the nervous system message. So it's kind of cool. And those I can see some immediate results and not relief and main range of motion and folks. So those are kind of my tools in my toolbox. I, I do use e-stim as well. Um, in my practice, it just kind of depends on what I'm trying to do, but I like to use the e-stim more if I'm looking at a post-stroke person or a paralysis or something of that nature. And very good. Where, where do you serve people? Like if people are local to you, um, how can they find out more? Yeah. So my clinic is currently in Tacoma, Washington. I'm just South of Seattle. It's called Q Vitality Studio. And my sidekick, Melinda is my gal who is working with me. I've trained her, um, for quite some time now and she's working alongside me. So I've kind of got the two of us working hand in hand to help folks here in the Tacoma, Washington area. And how do people find out more about acupuncture or find a practitioner? Is there like an organization to go through or is yeah, it Google? There is, it's, and it's called nccaom.org. You can go to that. Every single licensed practitioner is registered through that because we have to use that as our kind of governing board for, for licensure. So nccaom.org, and you can find any practitioner in your community that is fully licensed. If they're not on that, I would be leery about working with them. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Well, very good, Janine. Thank you for coming on the podcast and talking about acupuncture. It's been interesting. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate you taking the time to have me on. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.